Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. It is Tuesday night. It is 9.30 p.m. We are Cal and Sam Pete. We are ready to unload episode 11-25. Live from Dumpling Sound Studios 2 in Bayside, New York. It is the Ready to Unload radio program slash podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro. With me is my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in the sublime, Mr. Calpino, Calnino, Cal, Filipino, Caliente, Brian, Calvi, welcome to Ready to Unload, Cal. What's up, pal? Not too much. I'm bringing I'm bringing you in while the music is still going for episode 11-25. Yeah, I was confused by that. I usually wait till the music goes. You usually do. That was a very radio intro, wasn't it? It was. It was very. That was very uh, Dingo and the Baby. The, ready, ready to unload with Slappy and Pappy. Squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> You know what we should do now is make a prank phone call. We should, we should make a prank phone call, or we should just we could just we could do a lot of things. We could do we could do a, we could just do this. Oh boy. We could certainly do this. Why not just do this then? While we're at it. On the China, never met it By the way, yes. When you playing the song jacket, is a dead giveaway that Dr. Dr. Ray Stan is not no with us tonight. Yeah, we are we are completely producerless tonight. That's our way of letting everyone know. We have no Dr. Ray Stat, we have no pop culture play the poo, the bishop. We are rudderless here tonight on Tuesday, August the thirtieth. <laughs> very special day, Cal. It is. You know why it's a special day? I know why it's a special day. Why? I, w- I was going to save it for my final unload. I knew you were, and I <laughs> I trumped your final unload. You did. It's our good buddy's birthday. Happy birthday to uh, Dan Nello. Danny yes. Nello, uh, who has joined us on the program in the 18 months that we've been doing this, uh, and regaled us with his stories of Super Bowl parties. He's always got good stories, that guy. He has a lot of good stories. 
what he lacks in height, he makes up for in stories. He sure does, and he and he's been around. Well, to we, tell these stories. That's right. We uh, we played each other in little league. Some of our first little league matchups. Yes. Happy birthday, Nello. Anyway, we're dedicating the show to him, aren't we, Cal? I think it's only only fitting. I think it's only fitting. We have a we have a a, a fun podcast tonight, Cal. We have uh, Emmanuel Alderondo, who is our chief and only blog writer. On chief, right? Right. He's a chief blogger in chief. Chief blogger in chief. Right. Hooper steers the boat, chief. <laughs> How many times can I uh, now reference Quint now that we've brought Chief into the conversation? Probably all night. Sharks in the water. He's a fantastic writer, by the way. And if you haven't checked out our site, www.rtsports.com, cheap plug. He is. Uh, he's been writing once a week for us on on a complete myriad of topics. He really has a ton of range when you when you when you think about it, because he's written about he's done a book review for us. He's written about uh, college sports, the Yankees, everything. He's great. Boats in the water. I don't know. I don't. I don't have to really sell it that much because he's agreed to come on the show. It's not like we're trying to get him. Cage goes in the water. Works for us. Smoke on the water. <laughs> A fire in the sky. Steve, had, here's the boat, Chief. Steve, before before we get <laughs> before we get into into sports, um, yeah. This time last week we were talking about the 5.9 earthquake that rocked our region here in New York. Yep. And one week later, we're picking up the pieces of Hurricane Irene. How did you survive the big storm? Well, I got to tell you, here's what happened. We we didn't have a lick of damage, Cal. We didn't have a lick of damage. Get out of here. Not, really? We didn't lose our power, not so much as a tree branch. Wow. Was down. And my wife made a great point on Sunday. You, some may remember last year that we had a tornado here in Queens mm-hmm. that literally went up my block. Like, <laughs> I I not, that's not prison slang or anything like that. I'm not. That's not a euphemism. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> right. The tornado <laughs> ripped up my block. There were like 16 down trees, like on my block. Our neighborhood, the the eight block radius of our neighborhood here in Bayside, was a disaster. Yeah, it was re- it was really bad. It was an utter disaster, and we tried. It was, of course, a Tuesday, and you and Doctor Ray Stad pulled through uh, on a fantastic ready to unload that night. The hurricane Wait, edition. You, well, it was the tornado edition. Oh, tornado edition. That's right. But here's here's a little known fact about that uh, about that episode. That was our lowest rated episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, literally, I, I probably. Will that to happen? And, and it might have had something to do with the fact that a lot of people lost power that night too, Cal. All I'm saying is that uh, you hold the hammer in your contract negotiations, <laughs> and I will wield it. Uh, but so Teresa says to me on Sunday, said to me on Sunday as we were walking around surveying the non-damage, uh, you know, maybe Mother Nature owed us a little bit. You know, maybe maybe she tagged us pretty good last summer. Yeah. And that uh, she was like, you know what, I'm going to give you guys a break because it's not often I have a tornado rip through Queens, New York. <laughs> and uh, so we, we really we, we really didn't get anything. The other great point is that, Cal, all the dead trees were gone. 
They were gone. That's true. They had been ripped out of the, in the storm last year, so there was really nothing to come down. That's right. How did you make out out in the uh, out in the Mac? The coma? we did it. We did okay, and we have theories. Theories are abounding out here that there was in fact a tornado that touched down because of the damage. Right. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird because like my block is fine. The block right behind me has trees down everywhere and no power. Wow. It's it's completely, you know, it, it, there's isolated spots that have no power still 3 days later. Right. So that's a, that's a big problem out by us. Pockets. Um, they have pockets. Pockets. Pockets of uh <laughs> of non power. Yeah. Um but for the most part, we were lucky. We we lost some some large limbs from the tree in the front. Didn't do any damage. Right. Kept our power the whole time. Nice. My my daughters were disappointed that they didn't get to use their flashlights with their names on them. That's a disappointment. I was disappointed that I didn't get to use my Steve flashlight. But I got. But I had to explain to them, and I'll explain to you, that they wouldn't have been able to watch TV. Right, <laughs> and that quickly assuaged any feelings of, <laughs> of regret about not using the flashlights. Right, and I think that was my first lesson to them uh, of a trade-off. <laughs> That's how they learned what a trade-off is. Right, there it was. That's, that parenting, folks. Well, you know. That's you, parenting 101. I, I pulled that one out of my hip pocket. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was definitely not in the manual. No. no, no. And, and who thought that you could use TV for good with the kids? You can use TV for a lot with the kids. I'm, I'm finding that out. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear you. So in the span of a week, your daughters got to experience an earthquake and a hurricane. An earthquake and a hurricane. Yeah. And uh, in a week. Yeah. Capped off by a stomach virus. Right. Which was not Mother Nature. Uh, no. That's no. Some, some bad pork. <laughs> yeah. They've... they've <laughs> They've had they've had quite the week, and it's good because next week they go to school. Right. So, you guys got to stop feeding the mussels. Like, what did you have? Clams Casino to celebrate, yeah. or we made a little shrimp parmesan, <laughs> a little, <laughs> you know, a little shrimp oreganata, nice, little scongeal. You know, those girls eat a lot. They they're good eaters. Those kids. They're, they're they're growing like weeds. Let me tell you. Yes. Why why before we get into the sports, uh, you know, with Wes and everything, Cal, with the little guy. Uh huh. Growing like a weed. Still, right? Yeah, but why Why growing like a weed? Anyone? Because weed... Have you, tr- have you ever tried to kill a weed? Yes. Have, well, let me, let me back up. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen a weed grow? Yes. That's why you say growing like a weed. I guess. They grow fast. Here's where I'm a little lost on it, though. Like, don't you want weeds to stop growing? Yeah, and you also want children to stop growing. Well, not yet. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good with the where they are right now. They can feel free to slow down at any time. Well, look, now we're talking about emotional growth and physical growth. No, they're big for their age. They're tall. <laughs> they um, they they're in the middle of the class picture. We'll put it that way. Oh, that's they a stand in, spot. They stand in the middle row. You know what's in the, in the middle of most of my class pictures? My belly. <laughs> I was chunky. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, well, not much has changed. Okay, we got we got a uh, you know I I quit smoking, Cal. You know it is, I know, and it's a year. It's a year. 
Congratulations. I was very impressed with that. One full calendar year, I have not had one cigarette. That's amazing. Thank you. Not even a – it sucks. Let me just tell you. Let me just be, be the first to get on board with saying this sucks. Still, even a year later. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. But I, I'm certainly not tempted to have one. Uh, I haven't even had a cheater in there, Cal. Haven't even had like the had a couple of beers, maybe thirteen, fourteen beers, and you know, like just oh, I'll just have one the cheater thing. The wife's been out of town. I didn't have any. That's amazing. Um, well, I, I feel Ripkinish now. Well, you know what I mean. I now mean, I, I know you hate the guy, but now I have a streak going. Like as, I hate, long, as long as the little guy's been alive, I've never had one. Right, and and he'll never know you two have smoked. That's correct. And now, he'll, I mean, he'll, he'll see the pictures someday. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Every picture of me from age 21 to age 36, I have a picture. <laughs> At every social event possible, because I thought it was cool. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I feel ripkinish now. I'm on a streak. I'm streaking. And now you can't break it. That's right. Do you feel healthier? I feel fatter. I've definitely. Really? I mean, you just saw me the other day. We'll talk about our fantasy football draft a little later. Uh, but I, I, I'm looking at a, you right now too. We had our. That's a good point. But the, cam, the, the camera adds ten pounds. That's right. How many? How many cameras are on you? <laughs> uh, but I, I probably put on. I probably put on about fifteen, eighteen pounds since I quit. But right. you know, uh, I, 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 I haven't run a mile just to find out. You know what though? Deal with the fifteen to eighteen pounds over the other damage you were doing to yourself. That's right. No, you're right. You're right. I, again, I was so very good at it. Again, what did I just do there? Trade off. <laughs> just, I feel like I just got parented. I did. I just parented. You didn't even see it coming. I did not see that coming. All right. Uh, so enough about me. Let's talk about me. Oh. Here's uh, <laughs> I love me. Who do you love? Cal, we got a ton to get into tonight. We're going to talk about the Jets and the Giants. They played each other last night in the Hurricane postponed game. We found out a little bit about each team. Definitely want to talk about uh, the Jets and the Giants and the NFL on the precipice of another NFL season, and especially since the Mets season is over. Lots of football to talk. Mm. Um, there is Yankees and Red Sox to talk without a doubt. We're going to talk to Daniel uh, Alderondo a little bit about that. And also the pennant races in general. Cal, we're going to touch on that. Yep. And then uh, I have some other stuff that I'll just throw at you. And then in the fun load, uh, you know, dude, uh, you know this. I have I don't have season tickets anymore. I know. We've been I, I've been dying to talk to you about. I I told you I would not talk to you about it until this week. That's right. We're going to talk about that in the fun load. I went a week without even bringing it up. Is it going to be a talk me off the ledge load? Yeah, I think I can. I think I can help you with this. All right. Well, you're gonna do. You're gonna do trade off. What are you gonna do? What, no, what? no. I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to uh, come at it from a very logical angle. Let me ask you a question before we bring Daniel on. Yeah. Has good cop, bad cop been complete? Because I was just talking about like what were you gonna use a trade off, and I was gonna say you're gonna use good cop, bad cop, but you have no one to be the other cop because right. we're without both our producers. But has good cop, bad cop been used to death as a comedic device? No, never gets old. What's the best usage you've seen of it lately? Uh, you know what I'm thinking of. The movie The Other Guys? That's right. <laughs> With Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's terrific. I, the, I, that, that, uh, using that conceit and going with the idea that he, 
they were both bad cops, and Will Ferrell just losing his mind. Right. It's just <laughs> tremendous. Taking taking the painting off the wall and smashing it over his head. I'll talk to him. He's reasonable. <laughs> and they just use it. Good cop, bad cop. We should try to use that later on each other. I think we should. I like you that. Never get to. Have you seen the commercial? It's, which one? Uh, it's for a bank. Oh yeah, with the with the husband and wife. <laughs> and she just loses it. Right, and the husband makes a great gesture that I love right off the bat when she's like, "Okay, good cop, bad cop. Here we go." And she's like, "I don't. I'm not going to pay a lot for this mortgage." And he throws up his hands and just right, like, I, <laughs> like, I, I can't control her. She's crazy when she's like this. Let's uh, let's give our chief blogger in chief, Daniel Alderondo, a phone call, Cal. He's expecting us. He keeps us waiting like Hubie did last week. <laughs> Fantastic. I hope it lasts. What an ego that guy had. I know. Hello. Yes, uh, Daniel Alderondo, please. Yes, hi. Daniel, Steve Sampietro, Brian Calvi, uh, otherwise known as Cal and Sampete, welcome to the unload. Wow, I made it. I'm here. <laughs> the dream has come true. Uh, <laughs> this is it. I can die happy, man. <laughs> What's up, partner? What's going on there? Hey, not too much. Just uh, taking in this Yankee Red Sox game. Uh, give us a little update. Uh, give us a little taste of the Yankee Red Sox magic. Well, right now it's the top of the seventh, and the Yankees are up 4-2. to two, And Cervelli hit a home run over the Green Monster, and his next at-bat, uh, Lackey drilled him between the tumbers. Uh, to lead off an inning, and now there's runners on the corners with nobody out, so it looks like Lackey got himself in a little trouble. Ooh. Magnificent. So there's a little uh, tete-a-tete, a little, uh, a little fever, a little uh, heat, a little action, a little bad. Yeah, blood. well, when, when Cervelli hit the plate, he had a little uh, emphatic clap and a little uppercut, so uh, it, it may have been warranted. Yeah, that's that's so unlike him to overreact to uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> He so never acts like a little leaguer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I actually happen to like him. I I, I oh. dig his enthusiasm. Oh. I do. Sorry. Can we put him on the? Pl- can we go back to the fun load where we did players we hate? Uh, he's fine. <laughs> Don't want on our team. Uh, Daniel. Yeah. Question: Why is he starting? Um. I'm not sure, actually. I don't know if maybe because since New York has a ton of games coming up with not a lot of days off, they want to just give uh, Russell Martin the day off. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they had a game yesterday. They've been playing all week. I can't actually remember when their last day off is. Uh, actually, well, uh, Saturday. So right. they probably just want to give him a little spell since uh, Wednesday and Thursday they'll probably be facing, I'm assuming, Beckett and Lester or something. Hey, hey Daniel, how how hard are these two teams going at it considering that there really isn't much on the line left for them. They're both going to make the playoffs. I know that the Angels and the and the Rays are kind of charging a little bit, but for the most part, I think it's going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox. So what kind of intensity are you seeing in this game? Um, well, I mean, I don't know if this is maybe just all Boston or if this is just a lackey thing, but, I mean, the fact that lackey drilled uh, Cervelli, who, I mean, he's the backup catcher, uh, in the seventh inning of a game where if the Yankees win, they're probably within a game of the division. I still think that it's probably a little feistiness going on between them and up oh, regarding just a little base, by the way. Um, so there's definitely still something there just because it's the Yankees in, in Boston and we're going into September. 
And I'm not sure which team, I mean, who you'd rather face. I mean, if you face Detroit, you're going to face Verlander twice. And if you go against the AL West, you're either going to go against, hopefully, Texas at this point because, I mean, the Angels have three dominant pitchers. And, I mean, they still have a chance to win that division. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I, I think there is going to be something to play for. And I read a, a really good piece today about how the Red Sox are are sort of, uh, you know, had this mentality of, well, as long as we get in the playoffs, it doesn't really make a difference And uh, in the past. And now this year they're like, you know what, screw that. Uh, we want to mm-hmm. win the division. And and, uh, and the Yankees have sort of always had that mentality, I think, a little bit. Daniel, you've been writing some awesome stuff for us, pal. We want to first off thank you, um, you know, for, for sort of get, getting involved on the on the website on rtusports.com and, and – uh, a little more about the Yankees because I know that's your your sweet spot. Uh, no A Rod tonight. Uh, did Jeter play? Uh, Jeter did play, and uh, so far he's oh, hit. He's so gutsy. He's so gutsy. He, God. Well, he's, he's the captain. Come on. He's, he is. He is. He is totally the captain. You know who plays tonight with a bad hip? The captain. Now, exactly. Did, did he break up with that girl? What's her um, name? I. I, uh, Minka Kelly. Um, Kelly. I, I think there's mixed reports because what I first heard was that uh, Jeter uh, had cut her off, which, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Minka Kelly, but I, mean, I don't know what Jeter was thinking. I, I don't think he's getting any prettier. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, there's just not a lot left there. So, uh, But I've, also, I've heard that it was a, a mutual decision. And, I mean, she has a great show coming out on ABC called Charlie's Angels. So, I mean, that's, that's probably going to be amazing. That would be wonders for her career. Hey, D- Daniel, do you moonlight for TMZ? What was that? TMZ, you know the celebrity gossip uh, <laughs> yeah. website. That was the, uh, you filed that report like you were uh, you were walking with the Kardashians or something. Yeah. Who who brought Perez Hilton? Nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. We gotta start mixing that into the uh, <laughs> to rtusports dot com. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what celebrity gossip? It's celebrity gossip. Everybody's do doing it. That's it's our money maker. Yeah, exactly. Now, now. Uh, in all seriousness, well, no, let's not do that. Uh, still joking around. Uh, who is who is on the bump tonight for the uh, for the Yanks? CC uh, Sabathian. He's probably not going to be coming out for the seventh inning. He threw 128 pitches and only gave up two runs. But I mean, he I mean, over 20 pitches in inning, he kind of labored through them. Uh, but he was able to get out of some jams, and uh, he got Adrian Gonzalez out with. Uh, with a runner on in the bottom of the sixth inning, he struck him out three times and uh, got him hey. out for the, in his fourth at bat. So let me ask you a question, though, as 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 the big Yankee fan that you are, to, uh, somebody who watches this team night in night out, uh, you got some juice for this series. I mean, are, are you pumped up for it uh, for the from the fans' uh, standpoint? It's hard for me to be excited because I mean I just got Madden. So I'm actually more excited about that right now, oh. plus, all these fantasy, plus all these fantasy football leagues that I'm doing. So I think more oh. uh, when the Yankees and Red Sox meet again in September, that's probably when I'll be more uh, amped for it, especially since we'll have an idea of what we're going into the postseason with, like, hopefully no AJ. we got to get back to Madden a little bit later. Well, I, I, I think uh, Mr. Alderondo has steered the conversation directly into the iceberg. <laughs> that is Madden 12. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, let's just go there because, hey, the Yankees will be in the postseason next month. We can talk about that later. Uh, yeah, real, real, real quick, uh, Madden 12, uh, give us your impressions, uh, your thoughts, uh, dreams, your hopes. 
I actually I don't have impressions yet because I picked it up at work today and I've been waiting to play it, but I knew that I had this phone call coming up, so I didn't want to kind of I didn't want to I didn't want I didn't want to break my concentration from Madden. So I, what I will do though is I think I'll have a little review. I'll have I'll have a little review for the site uh, for later this week, and I'll get my impressions on there. Now, well, uh, well, we'll let you go if you want to go play. Yeah, we, we can let you. That's our thing. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks. It's been great. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. <laughs> um, are you uh, as big an aficionado of the uh, the Maddens as, as I take it you are? I, I mean, are you are you an old uh, school guy? Do you go back I, retro and say it wasn't as good after 99 or, you know? Um, well, I was, um, I did watch, I mean, I did watch, um, I played it a lot in my uh, early years and early, meaning like I was, I guess, 11 or 12, um, but I took a break from it after a while because it changed too much and I didn't like it, but last year I got into it when a few of my friends uh, out from like Queens of Staten Island, they moved out here for a year, and so we had games every night uh, where I was kind of forced to get back into it, and um, yeah, now I'm back on board, it looks like. Nice. Uh, now we want to uh, definitely give us a review of that because Cal with the two kids, me with the one very young kid. Uh, yeah, not so much with the time. Well, let me tell you, and just real quick aside, this is the first year in about, jeez, it's got to be like 10 or 11 years that I did not get it on the day that it came out. On day. Wow. Yeah, this is a, this is a breaking, you talk about Ripken, this breaks a big thing <laughs> for me. This is a big uh, This is a big year for you. I mean, no Madden on the first day, no more uh, season tickets. What's what's going on? Yeah, the, the two, don't get, yeah. don't get old, Daniel. <laughs> don't get old oh, wow uh, yeah Cal and I are going through some changes yeah, I think I think Scott Bakula and Ray Romano are about to play us in uh, ready to unload ready to unload the movie uh, now Daniel it also comes to our attention uh, DA that uh, you are in seven fantasy football leagues yeah I have a problem I don't know if there's a group for this but every year I just get asked to join one more league, and I can't say no. My my competitiveness won't allow me to say no. So, um, yes, I am unfortunately, or fortunately, in seven leagues this year. Now, Cal, you, uh, you're you in one, right? You do one football or two? Um, no, I'm only in one. Right. I do two, and that's my max. I've done three, I've done three in the past. Disastrous results. Right. I've done right there, three, two. Never, never good. Right. Do we need to qualify your level of priority? Like, do you have to prioritize them by money, by the guys that are in the league, guys and girls? Let's not be, you know, let's not be sexist. Um, Well, it's tough because I did join one uh, big money league for me this year. This was my new league. So it seems like every year I add on one new league. Uh, So there was a uh, money, there was a league that uh, involved a much higher buy-in. Let's just say that. Okay. And so that one will take a little priority over some of the other leagues, but uh, I have a league with a bunch of my friends from Stony Brook, which is where I graduated from, and uh, there's a lot of smack talk in that league, so that's a very um, that's a very important league to me. And I just joined. I actually just joined my high school uh, friends had a league going for a while, so I just joined last year for the first time, and I took the championship there. So I kind of got to come out and try to go for the repeat. Now let me ask you something. You've got seven teams. Do you have a mm-hmm. strategy? As far as the players that you pick, do you tend to pick the same guys for all seven teams, or do you spread it out amongst 
the rest of the league where are you, are you double dipping on a su- yeah, well, on a on a Sunday all fourteen games are of interest to you. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. It kind of makes me wish I had like direct TV so I can kind of have like that NFL package where I could just go to every game. But um, what I try to do is, at first, when I used to do multiple leagues, because it's like the third or fourth year that I've been doing this where I'm in too many leagues, that I tried to spread it around. So I was like, okay, well, there's probably a good chance that at least one of my teams will do well by the end of the year. But now, between all like the reading I do, or I just do too much prep work, that I've just decided to just, you know, pick the players who I like. And, you know, every draft is different, so I mean, everything gets screwed up just by a few picks. But most of my leagues, like last year, I had Aaron Rodgers. I had six leagues. I had Aaron Rodgers in five of those leagues. Um, That's just nice. to kind of give you an idea. Yeah, and that, and that right. worked out pretty well. <laughs> so you, you doubled down on Aaron Rodgers, and it makes it easier. Now, uh, as far as uh, last thing on the fantasy stuff, and then uh, and then we want to ask you about uh, Grantland.com. Um, uh, last thing on the fantasy stuff, what's the league you've been in the longest, and how long have you – do you have one that you've been in for like eight years or something like that? Are there keepers involved in any of these leagues? Um, there are keepers involved in one of the leagues. <laughs> this is actually um, – this is my uh, my brother's friend, uh, who I'm friends with through association. Uh, he has a incredibly small 16 league six. Um, where there's wow. multiple quarterbacks, multiple running backs, multiple receivers, multiple tight ends, um, and that, so that's unfortunately been my longest league, <laughs> um, which I'm on. I think I've already uh, I've won three championships, I think, in uh, the last two years. I mean, every team is just stacked, so that's unfortunately my longest wait, league. Wait, 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 wait! How have you won three championships in the last two years? No, no, no I've won. I'm sorry, Are you that I've good? won. <laughs> uh, I won. I've won three total, and I've won like the last two in a row. But I think we've been doing oh, it for okay. six years now, six or seven years. Okay. And and last last thing, and then we'll jump to Grandland. Any advice for the fantasy players out there listening on uh, to the RTU podcast? Any advice for the multiple league guy? We're talking three or more. No lightweights with you know two leagues. Um, multiple leagues. Advice for multiple league guys. Um, I a lot of people actually feel this way, but I mean, I like to draft my quarterbacks early. And I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is a stud. Like, I think if you don't have the first five picks in a, I guess in a regular league that don't have that isn't PPR, I think Aaron Rodgers sixth or later is probably your best bet. And um, right, sir. As, Some, somebody's very happy right now. Damn. Someone named Sam Pete. Very happy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rogers is just complete stud. I mean, I don't. A lot of people have been talking about Michael Vick, but I mean, he hasn't played. Uh, he's only had two good years in his entire career, and I mean, I, don't, I just don't know if I could buy into that uh, insane year that he had last year. And um, I just like after I like to grab a quarterback and tight end pretty early, and then just draft as many running backs as possible, just to hope that one of them hits. Because I mean, there always ends up being a few running backs that end up getting drafted later that probably winds up being like first round picks next year, like Arian Foster. You know, nobody drafted him early last year, and right. he became, like, the number one player. So I just like to go crazy on running backs and just hope that one of them hits. I thought your advice was going to be stay single. That's probably <laughs> that's probably the best way to do multiple leagues. Well, my girlfriend, my, my girlfriend, who I've been going out with for three years, coming in September, this is her first year where she's not going to be out here because uh, she went to Sony Brook Hall, so she just graduated. So she won't be here on Sundays where I'm – feverishly looking at the TV, then looking at my laptop, then looking at the TV. It's a good move. This was the year to go to seven teams, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, it was. She's very happy. (laughs) This is the year to expand, without a doubt. Uh, Now, 
you and I were talking about this a little bit today. Cal and I have talked about this a ton. Uh, you just want to bring it, uh, you know, Grantland uh, or Grantland is how he says it. Uh, Bill Simmons' uh, new site, new venture off of ESPN2, and of course Bill Simmons, the sports guy, uh, really took. I I I think uh, Daniel and you and I were talking about this a little bit. Uh, I think took sports blogging to kind of a new level. I mean, he made a career out of writing a sports blog and has turned it into sort of an industry. Um, for himself, and now he's launched this website called Grantland, which is a marriage of, of uh, sports and pop culture. You and I are talking about it a little bit. I have my theory on Simmons in terms of basketball. Now, Cal, you and I maybe have touched on this on the show in the last 18 months, but I feel like he picked basketball to be mm-hmm. his bitch because uh, he he wasn't going to do – you know, he did the Red Sox for years and he did the Patriots in football and stuff like that. But he saw that there was an opportunity there with basketball. And he loved it. Don't get me wrong. He loved it. But he saw there was an opportunity with the NBA to sort of be that guy. And, and I think he jumped on it. I think it was sort of a career move. Now, he's good at it. Don't get me wrong. But – I think it was a little. Cur- what do you think? What do you make of him now, Daniel? Where 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 do you see him now with Grantland and and stuff like that? Uh, well, it was funny. I talked to my uh, my friend Mike, who's uh, me and him we first bonded over the fact that we both read the Sports Guy a lot. Um, so this was about like three three four years ago. Um, so he's kind of evolved though. From it, it just kind of slow. It was slowly moving that way where he was you know he was just the sports guy, but like you know he always bled in pop culture into his articles. But especially when you listen to his uh, the BS report, his podcast, yeah, it, it suddenly became more. There was more. There was a lot more pop culture podcasts, and then you look at Grantland, and it's hard for me to go on to that site because it's it's just it's so much. It's so much to absorb. Like I don't know if I want sports or if I don't I don't know if I want pop culture. And when I go there, it just it throws me off even more. Um, That's a great point. So Simmons kind of it looks like yeah he's really just taken on this more like pop culture kind of persona. Um, I mean he's such he's such a huge Boston fan that like at first I found it funny and it was just kind of it was kind of <laughs> interesting to me that me as a you know Yankee fan and just a New Yorker that I that one of my favorite writers was a was a guy from Boston, but it, his fandom just bled into it so much after a while that it kind of got annoying to me. Right. And you know I just. They actually just came out with their first podcast also. Yeah. Um, they had a Grandland podcast where they talked yeah. about Madden, actually. And um, But it's just it, it, there's so much there. There's so much there that there's a couple. I mean, I, I still read Simmons, and I like Jonah Carey. Uh, I read his book, The Extra 2%, on the Rays, which I thought was pretty good. But other mm-hmm. than that, I've been trying to read Closterman and stuff like that. Yeah, Simmons, um, do you, I don't know. Okay. Well, do you think that he's he's... Steve, yeah, he just used the phrase "jump the shark." Do you think he's jumped the shark? Do you think he's kind of past the point of being like edgy and different, where now he's just kind of like mainstream? Yeah, well, it's funny because I mean, he was—he kind of when it was talked about before, he kind of developed that voice. He was the—he was the like sports blogger. He kind of—he has the—he has the one job that like every sports fan could possibly want. He gets to just write about his team, write about it however way he wants. And now there's there's so many of those sites now that yeah. I mean his voice is still the most dominant one or or at least you know it's, it's up there but I mean there's so many sites that you can get these same kinds of opinions from the same style the same like I guess like vibrato that vibrato that he comes out uh, with yep. speaking that it's just kind of you know it, it's almost tired it's like you yep. say yeah it is a little bit more mainstream and I don't know if that um 
you know, that may make me sound like a hipster or whatever, but I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> he's mainstream now, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think two things. One, I think your point about Grantland having almost too much material right now is a good one. I, I, I too, go on there and feel overwhelmed because I do love Closterman and I do love uh, most of what Simmons writes when he's not writing about basketball. And I do, you know, John Carey's very good. He's got a lot, a ton of great writers there. Um, and I and I feel a little overwhelmed when I go on the site. I think he'll perfect it. I think the move to Grantland and to more importantly a podcast network, which is what he's doing. So like all these writers, but be they pop culture and or sports, are going to have podcasts and stuff like that. He's doing what Adam Carolla did, and and forming his own podcast network. Uh, I think is a great move. And I think you know he's he's the grandfather of of sports blogging, right? I mean he brought sort of a, a media legitimacy to it or, or, or allowed legitimacy for sports bloggers where he was getting press credentials to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, you know, so he, he sort of paved that in, but I thought, you know, I thought, I thought the analogy you and I discussed, I guess it was yesterday or whatever, where we were talking about what Simmons is now about, uh, you know, the friend that you had that was yeah. like super cool and, and you've, you know, Cal, we were, uh, Daniel and I were talking about this. Like, the analogy is, like, the friend that you've had that's, you know, super cool or, or whatever was super cool and you grew up with him and stuff like that. And then Daniel said, yeah, now he got, like, a hot girlfriend or a great job. So he's kind of he's kind of like a jerk, but there's still glimmers of the old guy there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can still remember, like, you know, a great old mailbag he wrote in, like, 2002. <laughs> You know, like a good time you had when you took, you know, a mailbag to the bathroom or something like that at work. And so that guy is still there, but like now he's got like a super hot wife and he, you know, works on Saturday Night Live. And you're like, yeah, he sold out. It's not even that he sold out. Like he's just, he's got it a little too good right now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he's not he's not ashamed to tell you how, oh, I was working on SNL the other night and. You know, Chevy Chase came in and started talking about John Belushi. You know what I mean? Like, he's not afraid to do that. Right. I don't know. I thought that was a good analogy. But all that being said, he has sort of rewritten uh, the rule book, for, uh, rule book for bloggers. And uh, I think the only thing that with that site, and Cal, you probably find this too, I think we can conclude is that it's got to narrow down a little bit. And it's just you get, you get on there and you get killed. You just get killed. Well, I mean, it's one thing to to have content, but it is it is kind of like overkill right now. Yeah, and and he'll perfect it. I mean, it, I I think it's I think he's teamed up with a great guy in Closterman. I I really do. I I think it's a good format for Closterman because if you've read Chuck Closterman stuff, you can see that uh, he a should have a podcast, but b incorporates sports into his writing really really well. We shall see. Daniel, uh, anything to add? Anything to plug? You going to be on uh, Carson or anything? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I don't know. I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Dan underscore Alderondo. So it's A-L-D-A-R-O-N-D-O. Um, the school the school season just started up. So, I mean, if you're into any, like, local sports, especially, uh, like, Stony Brook, I would say check out SBINews.org. That's actually where I used to write uh, when I went to school. I was a sports editor there for three semesters. And uh, they turn out some good content over there. And lastly, I was actually, I promised uh, Aaron, my girlfriend, that I would say this, that she is probably going to win uh, our fantasy baseball league. Uh, her team is wonderful. <laughs> and, my, and my team is garbage. What is, wow. 
Whoa. Somebody is hand-packed. Uh, what's the name of her team, this dominant franchise? <laughs> um, her team name is the – oh, no. Oh, she's going to be mad at me. Oh, I wow. forgot. I, I, it, it's, it's a Harry Potter team. Oh, the, the Quibbler Rec team. The Quibbler Rec team. Uh, the Quibbler Recreation team. So uh, she's, uh, she drafted several Yankee players, and that's worked out pretty well for her. Let me ask wow. a question or, – or let me just put this on the record. I think Cal will agree. You you hold on tight to that one, son. <laughs> you know, it, to, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, you hold on to her like grim death, which is not far off, by the way. Yeah, I absolutely will. <laughs> Daniel, we'll talk to you down the line, pal. And, and uh, thanks for – seriously, thanks for writing for us. So keep up the great stuff. And um, we, we love having you, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for having me. See you guys later. Okay. Thanks, uh, Daniel. So, Daniel Alderondo, our chief – Chief, you, uh, you know what? I, what I wanted to tell him before he, he signed off. Um, here's the juxtaposition: his girlfriend plays fantasy baseball with him in his league. Right. Right. My wife mocks everything about fantasy. <laughs> everything. Yeah, well, okay. A couple things. One, Daniel is a little younger than us. Uh, when we were his age. My then girlfriend mocked everything about fantasy. Okay, but go on. All right. Well, you hey. know, some 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 gals just don't get it. Listen, you know my lovely wife. She's she is the best. She's the best, but she's she just good. there are some there are some things that she just does not have patience for. Fantasy sports is one of them. She loves our radio program, though. She she loves it. She's watch. She's listening to it right now. Big fan. Well, uh, we love you, Al. Good stuff. <laughs> um, I I think it's fun. To, I think Daniel's doing a great job. He's writing for us. And, uh, yeah, he's great. Check out the stuff on uh, rtusports.com. Dot cam. Um, and uh, keep up the good work, Daniel. Thank you. It feels weird to call somebody else Daniel when, again, it's our buddy Dan's birthday today. And we're dedicating the show to him. Dedicating the show to him. He went to Stony Brook as well. Yes, he did. That's right. Graduate of Stony Brook. He also a Yankee fan. Also a big Yankee fan with the initials D.A. Wow. I, uh, parallel lives? Parallax view? Starting to get a little uncomfortable. Maybe for you. Maybe. I can't believe we just suggested that Simmons has jumped the shark. Like we, we used a pop sister <laughs> reference. I know. <laughs> that, that has probably jumped the shark itself. <laughs> to to, uh, to see if the guy who writes about sports and pop culture has jumped the shark. I don't think he has. I think this Grant Grantlin thing is the beginning of a, of a really good idea. I think it just needs to be focused. Um, and you know what, Cal? We we are spoiled. We read the SNY.TV blogs. Yes, with our guys, uh, Ted Berg and and Matt Cerrone and of course Patrick Flood. We've had them all in the program. Hopefully we're going to have a couple of more uh, SNY bloggers on the program, on the radio show. And uh, we're kind of spoiled because those are our guys. And, uh, you know, I think they're very good. They are good. Uh, you know, there's that, and, and, and that's the thing. Right now in, in this age of sports blogging or even just blogging in general, entertainment, pop culture, whatever you want, whatever, there's a lot of good writers out there. Yeah, and there's a lot of there are a lot of guys that are writing out there 
that before the advent of a blog, we would never have heard their voice. No, you know, and I and that's why I think this is such a it's such a great thing. Yeah, and and uh, Dr. Iray Stat uh, not able to join us tonight. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But sent us a great article, Cal. I don't know if you got to read any of that article that he sent, uh, and we're going to do it in a fun load when he does come back. Um, and it's just a great article about how technology has changed baseball um, so much. You know, the idea of, you know, uh, oh, I forget what the example was, but it was it was some hitter, maybe Hanley Ramirez or something like that, like on an exercise bicycle watching uh, a montage of every pitch that Tim Lincecum has thrown against him in the last four years. Right. You know, before a game or, you know, just the technology. We're going to talk about that in a fun load. It's, man, it has changed the game, Cal. It totally has an entirely different game than you know than we played you know 15 years ago. You know there was no iPad, my friend. <laughs> no. Do you no. have uh, Do you have one of them iPads? I don't. Um, our buddy uh, at at the draft had one, and that was the first time I had seen one up close. Believe it or not. I tell you what, that thing is that thing is nice. It's slick. Doctor Iray has 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 touted. Uh, the iPad, and um, I, I I I see what all the hype is. It's, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful uh, <laughs> piece of equipment. We were we were wondering if he was drafting a team or launching a shuttle. It's just way too future. Like I'm there with my little netbook, and even that's like <laughs> he's there with the iPad too. Well, that's it, and that was the greatest thing about about the draft. If you looked around the table. Here's here's him with the iPad, all right? Next to him is you with the netbook. A couple of us had old school laptops. And then there was the group that had the old pen and paper and the and the fantasy magazine. Right. And we had the classic uh situation that you have at every fantasy draft with the guy who changes it up. That was uh, that was my brother for these purposes who always uses a laptop. Right. Finished, finished second to last last year. Had a terrible season. Just went uh, magazine. He did. He went. Right. Old. I'm changing it up. I'm just going pad and paper and magazine. It was very interesting. And what I can, the one thing. And did you notice this? Not one. Uh, and I don't know if this has ever happened before. Nobody selected someone who had already been selected. Yes, I, I did notice that. Is that the first time that's happened? That's, it's our eighth year. Our eighth draft, and nobody selected. You know what, Cal? We're talking about fantasy. Let's do this now. Okay. We have an advertisement. Hey, Cal. <laughs> As you know, our fantasy football league is pretty competitive. We just had the draft last Friday night. Guys are always looking for an edge and probably visit 10 sites a week trying to hunt down advice for their lineups, who to start, who to pick up. Fantasy football advice sites are a cottage industry these days. There are more sites than players to draft. And they all claim to give you the best advice and be the most accurate. But which ones are, Brian? Hard to tell. Well, we have got a site for you, a new site, that a friend of ours, Mr. Dave Rutley, uh, is uh, working on. It's called FFAdvisor.com. That's F-F-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. These guys have gone mathematical with this. They were around last year. They were fantastic. They have designed an algorithm that tells you what sites to trust when deciding who to start, who to sit, who to pick up. Who, What sites, Cal, had the best week last week? 
and they tell you which site that is. So you go to that site. Do you, do you understand where I'm going with this? I do. Excellent. So go to ffadvisor.com and take the guesswork out of fantasy football. That's ffadvisor.com. And, of course, uh, we'll probably be joined by our buddy uh, Dave Rutley for a Fantasy Five. The Fantasy Five with Dave Rutley. We did it last year. It was a heck of a lot of fun and uh, really good times for everyone involved. I tell you, he he bailed me out of a couple of tough situations last year. He got you out of a couple of scrapes. You know? Um, he's a good guy to know. He's a very good guy to know, especially during fantasy season. What was the uh, – and then we're going to uh, – uh, we're going to talk football. Real football, Cal. Real American football. Real, yeah. Not not this, this fantasy. Uh, exactly. Mumble yeah, jumps. Yeah. Um, but uh, remember Fantasy Goodfellas, right? That was like the best uh, site last year. Fantasy Goodfellas was very good. They were I think it was the best overall, you know, think like most accurate site. Right, like the like you like you explained. He he has a mathematical formula that kind of rates the different sites, and they kind of came up with consistently the highest score of all He's the sites. He's using math. He's using for, math, Brian. For good. For for. <laughs> So, Cal, uh, last night, Jets-Giants, the Snoopy Bowl. Did you watch the Snoopy Bowl? I did. I watched, um, I watched a lot of it. I couldn't, I couldn't hang in there for the whole thing. Towards the end, it got tough with when, when they started putting the backups in. But I, I did watch a lot of it. How about you? I, I, I watched the whole game <clears throat> uh, on DVR, of course. So I'm able to fast-forward between the plays. The whole game took about an hour and a half. Okay. Um, Here's the, here, and I hadn't watched a lot of the preseason, so I wanted to get that in. Uh, Brian, the the NFL season starts next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday, Green wow. Bay, New Orleans. Uh, there's a lot going on. The Jets and the Giants. I want to dive right in. We talked a little bit about the Giants last week with uh, Phil Soto Perez, uh, who Phil Soto Ortiz. Phil Soto Ortiz. I always do that. Phil Soto Ortiz. Uh, Phil Soto Poppy Ortiz. <laughs> That's how I'll remember it now. Poppy. All right, Pop. We talked a little Giants. Uh, I want to talk a little Jets as well. Uh, here's the thing, Cal. The Jets looked out of sync on offense yesterday, certainly. <clears throat> they obviously were showing a very vanilla playbook. They weren't uh, complicating their calls. Uh, the defense looked opportunistic, which is a change from last year. Uh, Wilkerson looks like a player. He's got to learn the technique a little bit better, but he's got a pretty good motor. I think the draft picks look solid. I think I think Sanchez is going to be fine. Here's here's we've talked about this so much that it's like a theme on this program, and that's Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> and I got to tell you, if this team gets off to a slow offensive start. Uh, he's giving me trouble, Bry. I I agree with you, but I, I I can't put too much stock into the preseason because I think it's exactly what you said. They're showing a very vanilla playbook. I I think Rex Ryan is the type of guy that is going to play his cards very close to the vest and is not going to reveal too much before the games count. Yeah, no, that's why it's awesome. Yeah, no, so that's, so that's why I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. I mean, that being said, it was it was hard to watch at points last night. The, uh, well, the play calling. But here's the other thing. That giant front seven is fantastic. They're good. That giant defensive, even even just the front five, four or five, when they rotate these linemen in, and and, and, and that was without 
Yuminura. Right. I mean that that front seven. It makes the linebackers better than they really are when that front four is so good at either occupying two blockers and or uh, taking up the gaps. I was really surprised by the linebacker play for the Giants. You know, for the first first team, the ones for the Giants yesterday. As far as coverage, you know, getting Keller, getting him off the line, um, you know, stacking up against the run. I thought the the Giants secondary did a great job, but that front seven, Cal, is going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, I think I think that front seven is going to be uh, what prevents them from having just a disastrous year. Yeah, I think they're. I think like you said, they're going to keep them in every game. Yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they get out of their offense. Are they going to be able to put points on the board? But their defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the league. I think so too. And and you know? and even with you know losing Terrell Thomas and having to have Ross step in, but Ross looked great last night. Did a great job on on Plexico Burris. Yep. Uh, and and you know what too, Cal? They have enough on offense. They have more than enough on offense. If they stay committed to the running game and Brandon Jacobs looks like he's healthy and running downhill, they have Ahmad Bradshaw, they have Ware. Eli Manning just has to stay away from the – and he threw two bad interceptions yesterday. That's what he does. Bad though. interceptions last night. But, he, he, you know, Hakeem Nix is a player. He's a true number one receiver. You know, Eddingham is, is a player. There's enough there that if the offensive line can gel relatively quickly, the new guys, Boz and, and – uh, and uh, Siebert at, at the tackle, if they can gel quickly, uh, I think there's enough offense there for that team to win 10 or 11 games. I really do. I think I think they're going to miss Kevin Boss. I think they're going to miss having that tight end weapon. You know, they got they do have a lot of offense, and, and he can spread the field out a little bit. But I, you know, Kevin Boss was 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 a was a nice target to have. You know, and I think and they haven't really found anybody to replace him yet. Right. No, no they, they, could, I mean, you could argue, Cal, they don't have a tight end on that roster. I mean, they well, they have Beckham. Yeah, he's probably their best option right now. He's an H back, though, Cal. He, I, mean, I, yeah, I know. Man. I know. Uh, now, a couple of things with the Jets, and then let's go around the NFL a little bit. A little tasty, tasty around the NFL. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Like what? Murphy, I don't know what happened there. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um. One thing that stuck out to me big time, Cal, that I'm really looking forward to seeing, this is what I wanted to bring up with you. Last year in August of 2010 on this radio program uh, slash podcast, you can go back in the annals and look at this. I said Mark Sanchez would have a breakout second year. Okay. Now, he did not have a breakout second year. He had a solid second year. He was 17 and 14 with three rushing touchdowns. Okay. So technically he was 20 and 14. Okay. Right. Um, he, and he didn't lose a fumble in the regular season. Right. Which was a huge improvement over, over the first year. I think maybe he lost like one fumble where the first year he lost like six. Right. You take into account his playoff performance uh, where he had, I think he had six and two maybe, or six and one, uh, a good year. But he only completed about 52% of his passes. Uh, he's got to get his passing completion. But et cetera, et cetera, Cal. I said that he would have a breakout year. He'd have a breakout year, but he got them to the AFC Championship game again and won another two road playoff games. And in right. in both times, he was a he was a better quarterback on the field than Tom Brady was that day. I'm sorry he was. And he certainly wasn't better than Peyton Manning, but he made the plays down the stretch to win the game. 
uh, down the down the down the uh, at the end of the game. Here's the thing, Cal. Okay, I read everywhere online he is getting killed. Still, still. You know, people still saying that they would rather have Chad Henney than Mark Sanchez. People saying that he's the fourth best quarterback in the AFC East. Where are you seeing this? You know, I haven't seen that. You see it. You see, I don't care for it. So right now, I want a, a little defense of Mark Sanchez. I feel is necessary. What? All you don't need more of a defense than the fact that he's won four playoff games in his first two years. Cal- he wins game. He wins games. That's it. He, he wins games. He was voted like one of the most overrated players in the NFL. The most over- how is I don't even know how he's rated. That's crazy. How can he be overrated? I don't understand. He's not. He's not. He is. Look, he's not Peyton Manning. He may not even be Eli Manning right now. Well, he doesn't have a championship, Cal. Well, <laughs> I don't go. Well, no, no, no. Quick, quick, because it's almost been seven minutes since I've been reminded that the yeah. Giants won in two thousand and seven. I know. But I, I, enough with the ripping on the guy. I mean, enough. I, here's here's the thing about Mark Sanchez that, that that I like and that you don't ever hear. How how much better he was in the second year than he was in the first year. All right, that's that's a positive trend. That's that's a trend that I want my quarterback to to have, where he comes into the league as a rookie, makes the AFC Championship game as a rookie, and then gets better in his second year, and everybody knows. That once you hit the third year of your career, that's when that's when things take off if you're going to be a superstar in this league. So I think he's poised for a really good season, and I think he's he the talk of him being overrated is completely unfounded. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I, I don't want to turn the program into a into a you know the Mark Sanchez defense fund. Uh, you know, he's I don't a good want to point. He's such a nice kid. Um, I, and and uh, I really wanted to just get your opinion on if you thought you were hearing that as well. And also, what kind of season does Mark Sanchez have to have, Cal, where and, – and let's take the winning – because obviously winning games on the road in the playoffs means nothing. All right, everybody points to his statistical performance during the regular season as if that's the end-all, be-all of assessing what he is as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think those who watch him every play last year and watch every game and watch him game in and game out see him for what he is right now at 24 years old, which is an extremely streaky quarterback with a good arm, good escapability, can get outside the pocket, can make all the throws, but extremely, extremely streaky. Okay, so Cal, what kind of year does he have to have? Does he got to go? Does, does he got to go? Does he have to go 25 and 10? He's got. He has to have a big statistical year, unless he wins the Super Bowl. I think even then he's he's Trent Dilfer. No. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's what you hear. Oh, I, 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 I you hear that he is a uh, mistake-prone quarterback whose team has won in spite of him. That's, but that's completely untrue. Uh, fair or not fair, that's what that's what the scuttlebutt is. That's what the popular saying is. Now, we, you and I uh, watch him game in and game out. We're Jet fans. We watch him game in and game out. Obviously, we're going to defend our guy. 
It's like K-Mac, you know, defending our, our buddy K-Mac, who's a huge Giant fan, defending Eli Manning to the end of the to the uh, to the end of the earth. He always will. Right. But he watches Eli game in and game out. I trust his opinion of Eli Manning more than I trust some pundit who watches 27 games on a weekend. Right. You know, and maybe sees 10 plays from the Giant game. Uh, all I'm saying is this: this season, to me, it's make or break for Rex. We've talked about that. Rex Ryan has put so much pressure on himself. He looks like a tick about to pop. He does. Okay. If he doesn't, if they don't win the Super Bowl, he may have a stroke on the sideline. Okay. So we said that, uh, and Lupica sort of jumped us with this. Mike Lupica. We were going to talk about it a couple weeks ago, where he blew his top in the first preseason game, and he's ripping his headset off and screaming and yelling and stuff. Hey, Rex, save a little bit for the, you know, for the regular season. As he put too much pressure on himself. But the other thing is, this is a huge year for Sanchez, Cal. It's huge. I agree. And if you watch him, he doesn't look like he has a lot of pressure on him. He's remained very calm. You know? It's unfair. I, yeah. He, and, and he hears it. He's got to hear it. Oh, you know? definitely does. You know? I, I don't think the kid has rabbit ears, but he's, I mean, he, he knows what's going on in the media. Right. You know, I think a testament to how far he's come as the quarterback in New York and was how he answered the question after Eli was asked, you know, after Eli Manning was asked if he's a top five elite quarterback. And Eli took all kinds of heat and, and, and gruff for the way he answered, which he felt was truthful. And instead of deflecting the question, he said, yeah, I think I am. I think I'm up there with those guys. Am I as good as Tom Brady? No, but I think I'm up there with those guys. Which is nothing wrong with. No. Uh, and, and, and Sanchez came out and said, well, that's not for me to answer. You know, and until I get a ring, I can't talk to any of them. I can't be in the conversation with any of those guys. And that's a fine answer also. So I, I think he's learning. But I, you know what, I, Cal, I'd love to see him put up a – do you think he can put up a 25 and 10? Yeah, I think he can. I think he totally has the talent to do it. Okay. Um, he's still young. Now yeah. we're, 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 we are we we forget how young he is. He's only 24 years old. But on the same time, it, it's a weird juxtaposition here because we forget how young he is at 24. Yet we're running out of time to use that as an excuse because he's in his third year, and he has been to two AFC Championship games. So yeah. we don't really get to say, well, he's still young, much longer. I, but I agree. I agree. But he's he's 24 years old. He's played a total of. What, uh, uh, 1938, 38 professional games. Well, th- he missed the one game in, in 09. So well, he, he missed one. He's played so, 30, oh, no, two, because he didn't play the Bills game either last year at the end. All right, so, he's, so it's 36 professional games, and then only how many college games? Well, he only played 16. He only played 16 college games. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a kid that, that has not played a lot of games, so he still has a lot of uh, opportunity for growth and development. Yeah. And, the, and the other thing about him, and this is the last thing I'll say about Mark Sanchez, look, look at the team that he, that, that he leads. He leads this team. They made him a captain this year. The rest of the team loves him. The team gets behind him and, and trusts him implicitly. And you want your quarterback to have that kind of trust that he's imparted into, into his team. You know, He's going to make his mistakes, but I don't think anybody goes out there thinking, oh, geez, we got to win in spite of Mark Sanchez. You know, they trust him. They, they, they have faith that he's going to lead them 
and put them in position to win the game, even if it's not him making the play to win the game. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I do. Does that make sense? And and I think that was well said. And that's one of the big storylines to me for the Jets this year. You know, look, it's all been said and done. They've made their Super Bowl claims and they're big talkers and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think this is going to be an extraordinarily interesting season for the Jets with the Patriots right there. They're obviously in the Patriots League. Um, they can play with the Patriots. They can maybe uh, unseat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I I frankly feel like the kid is the t- you know is the key to the whole thing. I really do. I feel like he is the key to the whole team. That if he does take that step and becomes that guy that you just can't beat in a big spot. That you know that that's it. The team takes off and goes. Now look, let's go around with football a little bit, Cal. And then uh, the Yankees, by the way, are uh, winning. Did they win? It was five-two last that I checked. They're up five-two so. in the top of the eighth. Okay. Metropolitans lost six-nothing tonight. Good day, sir. So their modest four-game winning streak is over. Yes, modest as it was, and uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Mets in the offseason. Yeah. Um, and Lucas Duda. Whose name is just fun to say. Um, he's, he's growing up before our eyes. Yeah. Hey, Cal, the Jets open with Dallas next week. Yeah, that's an interesting game. On 9-11. Oofa. Yep. Ten-year anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be uh, emotional. I won't be there, Cal. No. That, yep. that, that'll that be the first uh, – we'll talk about that in a little bit, but that'll yes. be the first opportunity for you to – deal with that. So now that we've provided the defense for Mark Sanchez, the defense. Yeah. Uh I do want to go around the NFL a little bit. What do you what do you see? What do you what are you seeing that's interesting to you? I is there a a little love affair with the Detroit Lions right now? Are you seeing think, this uh love affair? Yeah, I'm 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 getting it. And it's funny because in the beginning of the offseason everybody, you know, it was always Who's the sleeper team of the year? Who do we have to watch out for those Lions? Uh-huh. They, they could mm-hmm. be good, but I think I think that too many people are telling us to watch out for the Lions. So that if they're good, I'm not going to be surprised. That's right. You ruined it. They you ruined, you ruined the surprise. it. But on the but on 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 the other hand, I I kind of agree with them. I th- I think they are going to be good this year if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy. Um I, I I think I mean they're not, they're obviously not going to beat Green Bay. Green Bay is on a completely different level from them, so they're not going to win the division. But I think they're going to make life very difficult for a lot of teams, and they'll be there at the end of the season fighting for a playoff spot. You think so? I think they will. Um, can I the, see Can I see Matt Stafford play more than eight games in a season before somebody tells me he's better than Mark Sanchez? <laughs> Sorry, I hate to always bring it back to that. Hate to bring it back to Sanchez. <laughs> But seriously, can I can I see the guy uh, play eight games? And if I see one more person say, well, if you put Matt, Matthew Stafford on the Jets, they would have won a Super Bowl by now. Uh, well, probably not, considering that uh, he seems to separate his shoulder when he puts on his shoes in the morning. <laughs> So I don't see how playing, uh, you know, oh, the Jets have a better offensive line. Yeah, well, he still would have taken a hit or two during the season. You know, you're right. Uh, and and considering he folds up like a, you know. But he's good. He, I mean, he's, hey, he look, has got a lot of talent. He's It's all there. It's yep. all there. 
He's got to stay on the field. When they played the Jets last year, had he not gone out of that game, they would have won. Okay, he's got he's he's got a ton of ability. Can make all the throws. Great size. But come on, let, let me just see the kid play ten games before I'm putting the Lions in the playoffs. Okay. And Javid Best into the bargain. That's fair. There. <laughs> and Calvin Johnson into the bargain. When he's not banged up every week, they've got but they've got a lot of talent on that. I mean, look at that defense. Look at Sue. Yeah, I Sue. like I like Namda Khan. You know, they're they're good. Now let me ask you, are you buying into the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Gosh, this has been such an interesting off season, Cal, because of the lockout and because of you know, first of all, you can't build a dream team in football. You can't. No, nah, well, no, because of injuries. I mean, you just can't. Right. Um, and and when Michael Vick plays a full season, it'll be the second time in his entire career he's ever done so. You know, Dan- he's only played 16 games in a season once. Daniel Alderondo brought up a very good point earlier that I, you know, I guess I hadn't thought about this. Michael Vick has really only had two very good seasons in his career. He's had two and a half because he only played 11 games last year. You're you're calling that a half a season? I'm calling yeah. I mean it's more than it's like two thirds. All right, fine. But still, it's not a ton. You're right. He he had a, he had a very good point. Yep. And and into the bargain. <laughs> I'm saying that all night. But I like that. You like it? I like that. RTU eleven twenty five into the bargain. I'm trying to get away from things like no doubt about it. How about that being said? That being said, we need to get away from. You know what a classic of ours, which we haven't said tonight. A and B. Uh, We haven't said it tonight, but uh, I think it's okay that we say that because we have a clip for it. There's still time. (laughs) That's right. There's still time. Um, You know, this is like... uh, Buying into now, you. I'm not buying into the Eagles. I think they're gonna be a good team. I think the offensive line is troublesome. Right. I think that Michael Vick has to stay healthy. Now look, with Sean McCoy, there's a ton of talent there. I watched a little bit of one of their preseason games uh, against the Steelers on the NFL Network. You know, Cal, I I was not impressed with that front seven. No, I watched that game too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, not impressed with that front seven. No, and they got a ton of talent. And you know what? Michael Vick goes down. You want Vince Young leading this team? I do, personally. Do, do you really? I just want to. I just want to see what happens. I I would rather have Kevin Cobb. Let's throw the spaghetti in the mixer and see what happens. <laughs> now, uh, Kevin Cobb and the Cardinals. First of all, has has any guy ever has ever has any quarterback like this is Scott Mitchell syndrome, right? <laughs> yeah. At least Scott Mitchell played a season, though. Kevin Cobb has played like six games. I know. And he got what ninety five million dollars like from the Cardinals. A lot of money. Somewhere uh, Scott Mitchell is like, dude. At least I played a season. That's a that's a tricky situation for him to get to be getting into. I think in Arizona. Well, and they're not that great. They just gave a ton of money out, Cal. I know. But can we open? Can we open the books on the Cardinals, please? <laughs> there is a salary cap, right? Yeah. I'm, He's. I don't know. I I think and I think there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him. Did uh, they turn off salary cap on Madden? Is that what they, they did? did? Yeah, they disabled the salary cap. Signed the salary cap. 
I I don't I boy that NFC West again you could go eight and eight win the whole thing and get a home playoff game. Yeah, you know you you would have thought that San Francisco might have done something to really improve their team. Other than Braylon Edwards, they didn't do much other than Braylon Edwards. The Rams might be the favorite. Oh, they should be. You know, Danny Amendola, Cal. How many times? I know you love him. Watch out for those Texas Tech guys, baby. Those Red Raiders. (laughs) Look, they brought in Josh McDaniel, right? Josh McDaniel is credited with sort of making Wes Welker. Uh, Where did Wes Welker go to school, Cal? Texas Tech. That's right. He was a Red Raider, Cal. Texas Tech, really? Okay. Under Mike Leach. And where did and where did Danny Amendola go to school? He went to Texas Tech. Texas Tech. That's right. He was a Red Raider. Okay. Under Mike Leach for a year before Mike Leach was unceremoniously run out of town. Someone say you're drawing parallels right now. I am. Are you? I am. That I'm was drawing. Cool? And I'll tell you. I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you the why. <laughs> Johnny's going legit. The what? Legit. I'll tell you the why. LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> uh, my father-in-law has strongly recommended that I read the Mike Leach book. Oh, yeah? Former coach of Texas Tech, Mike Leach. Apparently, uh, quite a character, Cal. Well, if there's a book about him. Right. And now his book, my father-in-law said, completely unexpected. He He was surprised at how in-depth it is and... Uh, I, I, I've been instructed it would be in my best interest hmm. to read the book. How strong was this suggestion? It sounded like it was a pretty strong suggestion. A very strong suggestion. One, one uh, that kind of masquerades as a suggestion but is really kind of an order? I don't want to go that far. Okay. Read the book, though. <laughs> Let's just say I'm good. it's ordered. Okay. Read the book. On Amazon. Interesting. Uh but yeah, no, it looks it looks actually like a great read. But um, again, Danny Amendola, Sam Bradford in his second year there. I yeah. like the Rams. Spunky little team. You know, I think, and Josh McDaniel might just be one of those guys who's better off as a coordinator and not so much as a head coach. Now, can we say that Eric Mangini's better off as an analyst on television? <laughs> uh, Doctor E Ray sent us a text on that. And what is going on in Bravo Company? He's Eric Mangini is an analyst. Oh boy! On television, Herm Edwards is good. Have you heard Herm Edwards? Of course, he's great. I love listening to him. He's entertaining. He wasn't a terrible coach. Herm? He wasn't terrible. Was he terrible? He wasn't co-type. No. He wasn't co-tight, but he wasn't he wasn't that good. They, I mean, that, that's that's a team that made the playoffs despite the coach. Well, Herm was Herm was a Monday to Saturday coach. Yeah, he was. You know, Herm would have the boys fired up, and they loved playing for him, and everybody. And then he would get in game and he panic. Had, oh, he had no clue, no clue for X's and O's, and no clue for clock management or feel of a game. I mean, he cost them that playoff game in Pittsburgh without yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, of course he did. He had the quarterback take a knee before kicking a, what would have been a game-winning field goal. He gave up three and a half yards uh, of field position before Doug Bryan went out there to kick what would have been a game-winning field goal. In, in what is only the hardest stadium in the NFL to kick field goals. That's right. So rather than a 39 and a half yard field goal, it was a 43 and a half yard field goal. 
Which was no gimme anyway at 39 and a half. Right, which he missed by about a half a foot. Yeah. And a half a yard. Thanks, Herm. Okay, I didn't mean to get off onto that tangent, but going back to Mangini. What do you think of the – yeah, I can't even talk about Eric Mangini. My God, I can't even. It's magnificent. <laughs> That's like when Buck Showalter was an analyst. <laughs> but he got good. Showalter got good eventually, in my he did, Yeah, he he was okay at the end. But in the beginning, yeah. I mean, they they they'd throw it to uh, to Buck Showalter, and oh, he would just rough. mumble, you know. Cricket, cricket. I think his OPS is pretty high. <laughs> He's got a great war ranking. <laughs> Not only are you mumbling, but you're talking about advanced metrics that nobody even knows about. No, 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 no. Maybe now he can get away with it, but... Back then. He was talking sabermetrics like 10 years ago. <laughs> like Moneyball isn't even out yet, dude. What are you uh, And you're mumbling. <laughs> oh, Cal, got to get to this, too. While we're on announcers. Gotta, yeah. did, you, did you see what happened with the Dodgers? What the Dodgers did with Vince Scully? He's coming back. No, but did you see what they did? What they do? Oh, my oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they sent a survey out to the fans. To the ticket holders. To, yeah. Season ticket holders, go ahead, tell them. Well, they, well, basically, they they were asking the season ticket holders whether or not they wanted Vin Scully back. They sure. wanted the, they were asking the, the the fans to rate only the greatest broadcaster in the history of baseball, the greatest living voice <laughs> of, of announcing maybe in any sport, definitely in baseball. Right. They sent out a a a poll, <laughs> a questionnaire. To their season ticket holders, what do you? How do you think Vin uh, Vin did this year? I mean, are, I can't. This, I this can't. thing started with are you be between the ages of twenty five and forty nine? <laughs> All right, it was, like, it was like a scantron. You needed a number two pencil to determine Vin Scully's fate. Right, and uh, <laughs> no, but you're right about the leading questions. Like one is twenty five to thirty five. Right, all right. Demographic. Two, do you own any Dodgers jerseys that have black in them? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, me. Really? Hey, that's Finn Scully's fate left up to the season ticket holders? That's crazy. But more importantly, why have the Mets not adopted this with Wayne Higgins? <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I cannot I, – if I was Vin Scully, do you know how many languages I would have cursed them out at when the Dodgers came back to him for a contract? Oh, man. Go broadcast for the Giants for a year. I'll go, I'll go do Giant games for $8 million a year. Right. Could you imagine what the San Francisco Giants would pay to lure Vin Scully over to do their games? Oh, God. And they have John Miller out there. You know how fast John Miller would be out the door? No, <laughs> as As quickly as you could pick that big man up. <laughs> be out there. Faster than you could take Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran. Yes, he and Joe Morgan. Into the bargain, Cal. <laughs> I still don't even know what that means. It sounds great, but... You know, I, uh, did you ever see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? It did a long time ago. That's such a great movie, of course. The, the wonderful David Mamet. I think one of the finest examples of uh, ensemble acting that you will ever see in the movie. Uh you know, Jack Lemmon, Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. uh, which I wish pop culture PJ was here. He could do his impression uh, of Alan Arkin. 
uh, Kevin Spacey before he was sort of Kevin Spacey. Uh, of course, Pacino, uh, Ed Harris. I mean, it's just Jonathan Price. Big cast. Heavyweight after heavyweight. It's a fantastic play. Uh, rough language, Cal. Yeah. But I, I said, not for the girls not, right now. No, no, no. Not until they're 35 years old. Uh, but there's a great line where he's talking about the, how bad the leads are. Uh huh. You know the sales leads, and he's saying that uh, you know these people wouldn't buy it if this person was in and this one too into the bargain. Oh. You know, okay. If I, it, it's basically like if I threw this into the bargain too, they still wouldn't go for it. Right. And but I'm, it's just into the bargain. I'm not sure you're using it quite that way though. When in Rome. <laughs> I tell you, I can't wait. You know what we got to do next week, Cal? We got to have the Swami on. Oh, it's time. This is this is his season. Time to have the Swami back to uh, to predict the games and also yeah. where in the world is the Swami? We don't. Yeah, Nick. We don't. We, I don't know where he is right now. I spoke to him last week and I told him that, hey, look, it's almost time for you to start coming back on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sanpete, uh on BlogTalkRadio.com. And he and said, I, "What's that?" And he said. He said, never heard of them. <laughs> and then I said, I made you. And then he said, I made you first. And it was like a whole Batman Joker thing. Right. And then you, and then that was the end of that. Correct. No. And he said, uh, that's good. I'm going to get, I, I'm going to need a larger travel stipend this year. I don't know if it's in the budget. We've got, you know, we've got a lot of people on staff these days. We have taken on, there's at least four people on staff. Do you know how much benefits costs? I mean, healthcare is not cheap. Do you have? Do you? I don't know if you've looked at the ledger recently. Do you know how much we're paying Doctor E Ray for all of these days off? <laughs> I don't know, but God bless him. Is I he mean, union? I don't know what's going on. I I don't know, but he it, he's it, definitely not exempt. All I know is I saw Pop Culture PJ outside the Dumpling Sound Studios too with a sandwich board, saying. <laughs> Oh no, we won't go or something like that. Holding up a sign that said Norma Ray. I think <laughs> I think they're going union on us, Cal. I'm a little worried. I think they're going union on us. Well listen. All right, that's right. It's time for the time. Load. Fun load brought to you by. What do you got? Brought to you by the Swami. Yes. Tune in next week on Radio Unload with Cal and Sam Pete when the Swami is back, and uh, hopefully maybe Pop Culture PJ will be back too from uh, wherever he is. Now, who did you hear in that version? I, I'm trying to place it. It was a little Canadian. In tone, so Alan Thick then. It wasn't Alan Thick. It might have been uh, Eugene Levy. Do you? <laughs> of course, we're referring to the fact that that song is re-recorded every week, and a voice is added at the studios. In uh... oh, by the way, speaking of the hurricane, Cal. 
Oh, how is the studio? Yeah, bad news out there. Uh-oh. Have not gotten the full report of the damage uh, to the studio. That would be Dumpling Sound Studios 1 in uh, Freehold, New Jersey, but uh, eek, Cal. Not, he has problems when it rains. Yeah, this was not uh, this was not good. Oh boy. Uh, our, <laughs> we really hope that the studio is in shape because he does re-record the fun load song there every week. Adds a new voice this week. You're correct. Which it is, is amazing. It's amazing that even with all of the damage, he was able to still re-record the the song. Yes, and also amazing that even with the hurricane, Eugene Levy was able to get into Freehold, well, Jersey, when the bishop. Calls you, right. you, 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 you change your plans. Yeah, that's a charter flight. He's not flying commercial. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a charter flight. I thought it was. I did think it was Alan Thick for a second, only because Alan Thick wrote every theme song from every '80s sitcom ever. He did. That's true. We, we did this last week at work, Cal. This is a fun game. Uh, we I was working with uh, uh, at work with my buddy Jay. From the Yaya's, the official folk group of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam P. They're going to be right. re-recording that song for us. Um, and uh, we were playing the game, um, give me some sitcoms where the actor sings the theme song. So the lead actor sings the theme song. Ooh. There's a few. Are there? Well, other than, well, we know Growing Pains. Growing Pains, Alan Thick, sure. We're looking for an actor that sings his own theme song. Gary Shandling show? His or her? Uh, no. Shandling is – that was a buddy of his. Oh, it was. Okay. Yep. His or her? Yep. Um, Come on, baby. Boy, this is tough. Yeah, you got to think – you got to think 80s. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm going with it. Sam Meredith Baxter Bernie did not sing the Family Ties theme song, did she? No. Okay. No, that's uh, somebody, not her. I think Alan Thicke wrote it, though. <laughs> he must have. He wrote Different Strokes. Really? Yes. He's one of the co-writers on Different Strokes, and he sings on it. I think he sings during the chorus. So we need it. Wow, this is really hard. We'll have to come back to it. We'll have to come back to it, Cal. Yeah, I, but we'll we'll save it for when PJ's back because PJ will oh, jump on this. He'll and he'll he'll know them all. Yeah, there's there's a bunch. We we were able to come up with a bunch. Huh. Yeah, but Growing Pains is obviously the most. Uh, that's that's the recognizable. One yes. Show me that smile again. Yeah, that was. And uh, who was the girl that sang with him? On that song. Yes. And that's it's not Joanna Kearns. It's uh, no. The best is ready to begin. <laughs> is it uh, Vicky from Small Wonder? No, it's Jennifer Warnes. It is Jennifer Warnes. Wow. Who also sings on "Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong"? Um, with Joe Cocker. With Joe Cocker. I believe that is Jennifer Warnes. She sings "The Time of My Life" with Bill Medley. I could be I could be way off on Joe Cocker. <laughs> I don't think that that's true. Let's get let's get to the fun load because we got a couple of minutes here. We're gonna go a little overtime. Is that all right? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to bump Tiger Woods. I've got nowhere to be. It's fine. 
we're going to have to bump Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> Lindsey! Uh, <laughs> you're still my friend! You're still my friend! Why don't you tell the people, the good people of Ready to Unload uh, podcast audience, what we were going to talk about, Cal? But we talked about it a little bit earlier. Very sad! We seem to have teased it. This is the first year... Oh, I'm going to get the number wrong. Is it 19 years? Ron Gardenhire. It is 19 years <laughs> since our good buddy Steve Sam Pete has started a football season, a Jets football season without season tickets. Or or access missed, to. Or access to. Now, you have missed games over the 19 years. Of course. Right? But you have had the ability to go to every single Jet home game for the last 19 years. They were available to you. Correct. Okay. That's no longer the case. It is not. Now, that begs the question, and I think I know the answer, but I'm just, just to indulge our audience. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Hey, what happened? <laughs> that was... First of all, that was very 60 minutes of you, the way you set that up. That was good, right? That if we were on a magazine-type show like that, right, it would have done the over-the-camera, over-my-shoulder, looking at you in the chair. Right. And then when, right when you got to the why, they would have flipped over your shoulder to me. Right. And we would have been looking at you when I said why. Yep. Right. And I go... <sighs> Politics. Politics. And then you wouldn't answer the question. I'm sorry, I need a minute. And at this point now, we're recapping your 19 years of going to Jackson. <laughs> All sorts of video clips and Why is still one, photos. Why is one of us not a producer for 60 Minutes? <laughs> with, the, with the Daily Show. One of the other. Yeah, I think, I think we've... Or, or outside the line. <laughs> outside the lines. RTU style. Well, that's what last week, that's what uh, PJ was saying last week's episode was. It was RT, RTU outside the lines. Right, on a very special RTU. We, <laughs> right. we did go a little serious last week. Here's the thing about the season tickets. One, uh, we decided to take them uh, for one season in the new stadium, but my uncle, uh, who will be referred to as Big Pauly for this conversation. And quite uh, quickly, ever. Right, for every conversation. Right. Uh, who has had the tickets uh, for the 19 years, uh, the six seats, um, uh, decided that he did not want to pay a PSL. I was not in a financial position to pay a PSL myself, and I didn't want to pay one either. We took seats for one season in the new stadium, mm -hmm. uh, in the upper deck, non-PSL. And frankly, the Jets' treatment of us was shoddy. We talked about it on this program a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided not to take the seats this year uh, and not to renew our, our ticket. One big reason, it's a 12-hour day. Yeah. I mean, here in New York, it's a 12-hour day. If there's a 1 o'clock game, I am leaving for the stadium at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm not getting home till 7 or 8 you know, because of traffic. I mean, it's a 12-hour day. Which um, kind of – that flies when you're a single guy in your yeah. 20s. These days, not so much. Not so much with a wife and, a, and, a, and an infant at home. So okay. that's one reason. Number two, we were thoroughly unimpressed with the stadium. I mean, we've thorough. talked about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not worth the money. And Grantland had a great article. I think it was last week about how you could make the argument that New York went 0 for 3 on building new stadiums. I won't make that argument, but I disagree with it, but if you could you could make the argument that they right. swung and missed at at three new stadiums with Yankee Stadium, City Field and and uh MetLife Stadium. It's a completely fair point. Yes. The the game day experience, Cal, sitting four rows from the top of the stadium in the new stadium, the view was much worse than it was in the Meadowlands. Well, it's it's a taller stadium, much taller stadium. You're higher, and they sold you a bill of goods on how the concourses were wider and stuff like that, and you would be closer to the action and stuff. I sat four rows from the top of the Meadowlands, okay, and I sat for uh, – there was not a bad seat in the Meadowlands. No, there, was there really wasn't, okay, uh, in, in old Giant Stadium. My seats were bad. They stunk. It was like it was like analyzing high school game film, <laughs> and and it, we had we had great seats for years. And frankly, I had gotten used to where I sat. You knew the people around you, right? And, that was that my, was my next point. You know, I mean, I I watched one of the guys in my section. I watched his kid. He brought his kid for the first time when he was like five. By the time we the last season in Giant Stadium, the kid was like eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah, and in college, and like you know, grown up, and I mean, we were like a family in that section, and they were great seats. I got spoiled watching the game from that angle. Now look, here's my problem. I love the game day experience, Brian. I still love going to games. Right. So tell me why. I, I know all the obvious ones. All right, no line for the bathroom. Great. And HD, and you know that's great. And you know I can get up and go to the fridge and get a beer. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I love being at the game. I love tailgating. I love going into the game. I love doing the jet chant. I I, I love it. I don't like firemen so much. I I love. <laughs> I love high five and my uncle or my brother when a, when a big play. I I I love seeing a play develop. You can't see it develop like that on on on. On TV, you can't. No, not at all. Of course not. So why am I? Tell me, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Here's one reason why it's going to be okay. Now, while at the old Meadowlands you had your your group of season ticket holders that you went to the game with for 19 years, it was the same group of people every game for 19 years. All right. By not going to the game, you have now opened yourself up to watching the game with a lot of different people. <laughs> okay. I, no, don't discount that. I'm not. Because, you know, you, you would go to eight games a year, and of those eight games, you know, you had, you had your crew that you went to the games with, but a, a ticket or two would kind of rotate in and out. Yep. You know? Yep. It would be one person one week or another person another week. You never got to watch the game with all of your buddies at once true right you're going to be able to do that that's nice that's a that's a, that's a nice thing i like your ideas i'm interested in a pamphlet okay number two this is a big one you're going to gain a lot of points at home all right you're going to refill that reserve a little bit a little bit um you're not going to be out of the house eight sundays a year 
You know, you're not going to be shirking responsibilities and being an immature man eight Sundays or eight days in the fall. All right, you're gonna you're gonna be around. You're gonna be more available. Okay, you're gonna get to go apple picking. Right, you're gonna get to do all of these things. It's supposed to be cheering me up. Trust me. No, no. Number- I see. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's putting it's putting uh, uh, some st- some points in reserve. I got you. Number three, when you do get to go to a game this year, and you will go to a game this year. Yes, we are going to a game. We, we, we've already made plans. Yes. When you go to that game this year, you're gonna have the. It's gonna be the best experience that you've had in a really long time. <laughs> It's not going to be an experience you had two weeks ago, right? This is, an, this is something that you haven't done now for a year. And in subsequent years, you are going to look forward to that game that you get to go to so much that you just, you know, like when the schedule comes out, you drop what you're doing and you scan the schedule and you, you got a calendar next to you, you know, the big calendar, the big calendar, the school calendar <laughs> with all of the activities on it. And you look at it, and you conference in your people, and you look, and you look at the weather, and you say, this is, this is it. This is the game. This is going to be my game this year, and I can't wait. And it's going to mean more. It's going to mean more to you. Wow. What a, what a, what a wonderful parent you are. <laughs> this is what you just did. You used the, the laws of transference. Has it worked? I feel much better. I, I think... Look, you, you're gonna you're gonna miss it. There's definitely gonna be a void there. Certainly this year. I think the fact of, in all seriousness, I think, you know, having uh, Wesley and stuff like that. And not that my wife wasn't worth staying home for on Sundays or whatever, but, <laughs> um, you know, not getting to spend a lot of time with him because of work or whatever. That 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 day becomes a lot more valuable. And the idea that maybe I could go watch the game for four hours instead of be gone for twelve. Right, you know, is a huge thing, and and I know you have this with the girls too, and stuff like that, and and but one of the other on a on a macro level, <laughs> that's another one I keep trying to use every week and turn uh, into like a, a broadcasting one for us. It's like going away from A and B and going to micro and macro, but I keep misusing it. No, you used it well here. This was right. Okay. This is good. If 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 you're going where I think you're going, let's see. Yeah, that the NFL experience going to an NFL game, I think it's getting more and more, to be more and more difficult of a sell because of the red zone network, because of the NFL network, because of 65 inch HD TVs. Uh, yep. Because of the comfort protection, of your own home, yeah, protection from the elements, protection from the elements. I mean, you uh, went to you went to that opening game last year, oh, against against Baltimore. It rained. It rained four of the games I went to last year. Yeah, but that first game, I mean, they they, they delayed the game oh, because of, of of a thunderstorm. Brutal. And you were you were wet, you were soaking wet for the next three days. Yes. Brutal, you know, and there was and nowhere to go. Great, great design on the stadium there. Well, that and, that, and well, that gets to the, the game day experience at MetLife Stadium, right at the Snoopy Bowl. You know, um, well, I, I, I want to go back 
to what you said about Wesley because this is this is another big thing. Right. But you're not you're not going to really it won't mean anything right now because he's a little too young. He's close though, you know. He's the kid is the kid's a comer. He's sharp. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna be able to impart this game onto him right from home better than you would have at the stadium because are you going to want to bring a three-year-old Wesley to, to a drunken Meadowland stadium on a Sunday? No, 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 but you're going to be able to sit with him and watch the games from home and, and you're going to build something with him through football. And I don't mean to get too, you know, emotional here or, or right. d- deep on, on that kind of level. But I think, I think, Cue the Cat Stevens. <laughs> Harry Chapin. Cue the, cue the Harry Chapin. <laughs> Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens. Wait, what was I thinking? Harry Chapin, thinking, that's it. You were thinking of Cats in the Cradle. Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Right, but you thought it was Doesn't Cat, Cat Stevens. Doesn't Cat Stevens have a father song somewhere in there? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, probably not as good as Cats in the Cradle, though. Uh, that's the one that really... <laughs> applies here. But my point is that that you'll appreciate that more with him. Yes, Harry Chapin. That's what I was looking for. Boy. That's right. Wow. True story, Michael? <laughs> is it, was that a blind superhero, Michael? <laughs> is that a true story? A superhero uh, that could not see? I would definitely go see that. Uh, that's a great point. No, that's a great point. I've watched I've watched that sort of happen with my brother and his kid, and and we've talked about on this show already about how important imparting fanhood is on yes. your kid, and that's another thing that I'll gain. I'll be able to impart that jet fandom, right? Uh, much more hands on for watching the game. You will now again. This is this is it's going to take you a couple of years to get used to this. This, this is going to be a tough year for you. There's no denying that. It's going to be a little weird. It's going to be hard. Like, that that first night is going to be tough, that Dallas game. That's tough. It's already That's tough. Going to, I mean, there's so much. That that whole day is just going to be a real tough day for everybody. Yes. <laughs> you know? For much more important reasons than football. For much more. But but you know what? It, it's, it's, it's just part of the whole. No, I agree. Part of the whole picture, I, I, you know? And, yeah, I agree. I, and, then if, and then if they lose, forget about it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> the plans for those Sundays are already being made. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that happens. The DVR is already being fired up, and uh, as as Howard Johnson once famously said on the '86 Met video, the gum is already being prepared. <laughs> To give the hot foot, I uh, I am already I've already been spoken for on many of those Sundays, my friend. Yeah, well, that's that 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 will take some getting used to as well. Yeah, you know, you just just imagine if they imagine that they were away on those days. That's going to be how you get through it. <laughs> it's a home game, but I'm going to pretend like they were on the road where I would have been doing this anyway. I'm so glad you were here to talk me through this. I think it's going to be okay. When Cat Stevens is playing Cats in the Cradle <laughs> in the background. But well, what an idiot. Idiot ass. No. Harry Chapin. Hello. Everybody makes, everybody makes that mistake. I was just making such a good little reference there, too. It was a funny joke, and I blew it. No. I think I think it was better by <laughs> referencing Cat Stevens. Yeah, you think it's right. 
Didn't he sing Bad Bad Leroy Brown? That's correct. Yeah. That's Cat Stevens. So that's what's running through my head when I think of my son. <laughs> Yusuf Islam. That's his new name. That's right. His best that's bad Leroy Brown. Right. That's what you're thinking of. And brown-eyed girl. <laughs> brown-eyed girl is Cat Stevens, right? Uh, yes, that's true. Right. They're all... <laughs> Boy. Uh, Listen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough road, but we're all here to help you through it. I feel I feel this has been interventionish. It's going to be good. I feel like you're an intervener here. I feel much better about myself though. I feel like I'm in a good place right now. It'll be it'll be fine. It really it you'll get used to it. And let me tell you, if you have access to the Red Zone channel, I do. Well, let me tell you, that's uh I don't have access to the Red Zone channel, so I'm just thinking about how great it is. <laughs> Pretty, 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 pretty good. Listen, I, I, um, we, we told this story. I'm yeah. the only guy in America with DirecTV and is not allowed to have a speed <laughs> ticket. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you what, I hope Allison doesn't catch this one. She'll I Ah, uh, hey, you, you got it pretty good, my friend. You know what? I get no, 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 no. I get the Red Zone channel for free. Yes, you do. It's part of my cable package. Right. So I, yeah. I, I while well, I love my wife dearly too. Let's not start throwing bouquets around that shouldn't be uh, <laughs> that have not been earned. I get okay. the Red Zone. I get the Red Zone channel week one, and then it gets taken away from me. <laughs> you get a taste. I get, yeah. It's really. You got a little teaser. Cool. That is cruel. Uh, all right, let's wrap this uh, puppy up. Episode 1125. Uh, thank Daniel Alderondo, who writes for us at www.rtusports.com. Also, check out ffadvisor.com. That's fantasyfootballadvisors.com uh, for all your fantasy football needs. Cal, final unload. I'm, I don't care. I'm doing it. Happy birthday, Nello. Final unload. Happy birthday, buddy. Very nice. And my final unload is uh, we didn't talk about the Mets at all tonight, so I feel uh, I have to get it in a little bit. Uh, Ike Davis. Uh, remember him? Right. Uh, he was hurt on May 10th with a little sprained ankle. Well, here on August 30th, he ran again today, and we're going to find out if he needs microfracture surgery. And I just hope that he is not synonymous with Mike Vale someday. So, uh, Ike, seriously... Come on now. Quit playing around. <laughs> Go get yourself well. Uh, all right, that's, that's it for us. We will uh, see you guys next week when, obviously, it will be NFL Preview Week next Tuesday night when we will preview everything in the NFL with it starting on Thursday night. Cal, say goodnight to the people. Good night to the people. Power to the people. Good night, everybody.